T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're going to go to the Western Hotline now because my man Marcel Louis-Jacques joins me to talk Bills and Dolphins. Marcel, first and foremost, man, um, great to talk to you. It's been a while. Um, you cover this team. How big of a blow uh, is this Micah Hyde injury for, just from knowing knowing them and, and, frankly, just knowing what he means to the locker room? Look, it's massive. And I, don't, I really don't think you can overstate it. There aren't many players on that Bills roster who would have a bigger impact if they were forced to miss the entire season. Um, and the reason why is not necessarily just because of his individual talent, but because of what his skill set combined with Jordan Poyer allows Buffalo to do. They are essentially interchangeable. You can't key on what their defense is doing based on where either one is lined up. Together, they take away the middle of the field. They attack and run support. They control the middle of the field. It is, uh, it's a reason why they are the best safety duo in the National Football League. So it's an awful break. Uh, feel bad for Micah, man. He was always one of my favorite players to cover. Um, you know, regardless of, of teams, I'll cover three teams. Micah is, is, you know, top five favorite player to cover and work with. Um, great guy. Hopefully he gets a speedy recovery here and there's no severe long-term damage. But uh, it's a big blow, man. It is a big blow. But this is the reason why they kept Jaquan Johnson on the roster. He's a guy that they've been excited about since his rookie season uh, back in 2019. Uh, personally, I thought he was an heir apparent um, if one of Hyde or Poyer got too expensive mm -hmm. and the Bills couldn't keep him, but they did a pretty good job. Oh, I think Jordan Poyer might say otherwise, but I think they've done a <laughs> decent job of shelling money out to make sure that both of them remain on roster. Either way, that doesn't change how I feel and how I think they feel about Jaquan Johnson. So, Marcel, let's transition into this matchup because, obviously, there's a lot of storylines. It's a doozy. Um, I, before we get into that, though, I think the lead-up is important And talking about last week's game against the Baltimore Ravens. And, obviously, everyone t has been talking about the second half that Tua had, and rightfully so. It was um, really the culmination of, you know, A, a guy that is far more comfortable, um, and, and it – and confident, and it shows. And listen, if if there's one thing that a, a new head coach can do that has immediate payoff and re immediate return on investment, it's doing little things to make sure your quarterback knows he has your support. And I think the first thing Mike McDaniel did when he walked in the door, and listen, it raised eyebrows. People kind of shaked it off and, and laughed off some of the comments he was making about Tua, but those were all very clearly, at least to me, Marcel, very strategic on the half of Mike McDaniel because early indications and early returns are that confidence, um, I think, really probably prompted that, that explosion in the second half last week. Yeah, this is a, this is a different – it's a different Tua uh, than we've seen in years past. Um, 
you know, I made a comment after the game that Tua is him, and a lot of y'all need to apologize. Uh, Bills fans, I like I like messing with y'all, just like y'all like messing with me. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think Tua is the guy in the NFL. That's not what that means. But he has it. He has a clutch gene. He has a clutch gene to him. Uh, some of his best numbers occur in the fourth quarter. And I don't care who is open. I don't care who you're throwing to. I don't care what the scheme or the defense is doing. You still have to make those plays. So in a vacuum, you know, maybe people aren't impressed with, uh, with beating busted coverages. But when you take in the nuance and the context of the situation, he had to play a perfect half of football to come down 21. He had to play a perfect fourth quarter to overcome a 21-point deficit, and he did so. Granted, he threw two awful interceptions in the first half. Those are the things that he needs to clean up moving forward. But I think what what we saw on Sunday is a guy who showed he has the ability to win a game for his team, that if they need him to throw the ball in order to win, that he can deliver. That's not something we saw last year, and it's definitely not something we saw during his rookie season in 2020. So it is a, you know, a lot of the credit has been going to Tyree Kill, deservedly so. He is one of the, if not the biggest home run hitter in the NFL. Everybody knew that when they traded for him. Jalen Waddle is not very far behind, but Mike McDaniel is a very smart person, not just a smart coach. He is a very smart person. That's the first thing, if you ask people who have played for him or coached with him, that's the first thing that they would tell you. He is a, he's a genius, is what they say. I don't think he's getting enough credit for setting Baltimore up throughout the game to blow coverages in the fourth mm. quarter. When you see that that first touchdown to Tyree Kill, when you see Kyle Hamilton bite down on Jalen Waddle, it's because Jalen Waddle had 19 targets that game, a lot of them across the middle. He had been he had, he had been conditioned to think that's where the ball was going. And it's why he didn't take Tyree Kill deep. I know Marcus Peters had a little bit of blame there too, but I mean there's like, I'm saying there's a reason why guys were open. There's a reason why these two coverages busted, but those were also just two plays of the game. Two also completed 72% of his passes. I just, I think that his game deserves a little more respect than it has been getting. Uh, But I'm still, obviously we need to see it on a more consistent basis, including this Sunday against what's still going to be a tough Bills opponent, regardless of what the injury report says. No doubt. And listen, I I think you, you've, as a professional led me kind of into the next phase of my conversation with you is that consistency part. And I think if anybody in Miami fans alike and, and media like want expert testimony on watching a player who had the highest of highs and also had some lowest of lows find consistency in their game and actually become that franchise quarterback. It's you, you were here in Buffalo in 2020 and watched Josh Allen become that player where he had those high highs and those low lows, but it was finding the consistency that really, turned him into the MVP caliber player that he is now and I think if you're looking at the uh, at this Dolphins team and at Tua and what you want to say is and and we were kind of you know jokingly doing a little math project right saying like Tua played two of his eight quarters so far at an extremely high level but if you you know bring that equation down that's a quarter of his play so far this season has played at that high level and I think we're all probably acknowledging that it will be very hard to replicate down in, drive in, week in, week out, what he did in the second half of that game last week. There's going to be better defenses right now. The The Ravens through two weeks are the 32nd ranked pass defense in the league. They were that 
all of last year as well, so the sample size is big enough. But where he finds that consistency could be the reason that this Dolphins team is a playoff team this year. But overall, like, where do you think that consistency comes from into his game? Is it going to just be relying and doing the things that he did in that second half and, and fixing the mistakes that he made early in that first half? And Because, frankly, Marcel, if Brian Flores is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, do you think he's walking out of that tunnel in the second half playing football? Because after that interception, I think if this is a Brian Flores team, and knowing, that the, knowing the court and how short it was with Brian Flores, I do really wonder if we didn't see Teddy Bridgewater in that second half. Well... This is a little bit off topic, but um, it, it, it kind of gives me a chance to address a, a popular narrative this offseason that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play at some point. Teddy Bridgewater was awful in training camp. I don't know, but that's all we ever reported, but for some reason, nobody paid attention. Teddy Bridgewater was awful in training camp. If Skylar Thompson wasn't a seventh-round rookie, he would have made the team over Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So I don't think Teddy – I really don't think the leash is as short as a lot of people think it is. Teddy was not good and has not looked good for a long time. His contract is guaranteed, so they have kind of no choice but to keep him on the roster. Uh, but also, I mean, kind of unfair to, to Brian Flores, because to his credit, you know, they did beat the Ravens when they played the Ravens last year. So who knows if they would even be in that situation. Right. Uh, but I don't – I mean, they were getting chopped by Tennessee – last year in a game that they needed to win in order to make the playoffs and to have played all four quarters mm-hmm. instead of going back to Jacoby Brissett. So I don't, I don't really think, I think we're a long ways removed from that 20, uh, what is it? The 2020 season where he got where yanked for Fitzy a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where he did that thing twice. It, it was, it was a weird decision then and we're still feeling the ramifications for it now, uh, which only proves how weird of a decision it is. But Brian right. Flores was not an offensive minded coach that staff, was not a good staff offensively. Um, it's the reason why I kind of thought that I wasn't shocked. I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked that Flores was fired because they needed to move on from that offensive staff, and it would have been like the fourth in five years or the the fourth in three years. Right. And you're scraping the barrel, so you had to start clean. But um, got a little off topic. But going on to uh, to Tua and his consistency and that confidence. I have said that this this marriage between McDaniel, Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, I have said that it, it, it going, it's going to work. I, I've refrained from saying Tua is going to be a top 10 quarterback because I still need to see that. But I think that this thing works because of what they're asking Tua to do. Uh, regardless of the splashy plays that we saw last week, he's not necessarily being asked to stretch the field. He is being told, take it when it's there, but he's not being asked to just throw bombs to Tyreek all game, throw bombs to Waddle all game. They want quick rhythm passing in the short to in- intermediate part of the field where, love him or hate him, Tua is one of, if not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL over the past few seasons. Get your receivers the ball in that area of the field, and then they went and got guys who are excellent after the catch. Tyreek Hill, I don't need to tell you all how he is after the catch. Jalen Waddle, same way. Even Cedric Wilson, once he kind of starts getting a feel for this offense and heals up a bit, is good after the catch. That is yak. Yeah, is the, you know, it's a core foundation of this offense. So I think his confidence is going to be sky high because he's just going to be throwing, essentially he's hitting chip shots to Tyreek and Jalen all game. And you get in a rhythm that way so that by the fourth quarter, you're comfortable and you can start taking shots when necessary like we saw him do 
last Sunday. So, yeah, I, like, again, I, I think it works. Um, he's already a pretty confident person to what it is. And McDaniel and his staff are smart enough to ask him to do things that play to his strengths, unlike offensive stats and pass. Marcel Louis-Jacques here of ESPN on the Western Hotline. We're previewing Bills and Dolphins. And, you know, I, I wonder how much time you've been able to give to talking about the issues that this run game has had to start this season because of the second half. I, I, I get the feeling that a lot of the conversations around the struggles this run game has had to start to get going here this season has sort of taken a back seat. And, I mean, rightfully so. There's a lot to talk about in that second half, run game being very far down the list. But – I want to say that I feel a little surprised because I felt like with Mike McDaniel, knowing that Shanahan running attack, knowing how much Shanahan and the that scheme really relies on having a successful running attack, and we know right now, listen, numbers suggest that you do not need to run the ball successfully to have a success in the play-action game. We know right now the Bills and Dolphins are two of the top teams in play-action. There's no... I don't think there's any coincidence that their two quarterbacks are performing at the level that they are. Play action seems to really be the thing in the NFL that can take your your passing game to new heights. But I am surprised, Marcel, that they have not really at all found any strides in this running game through two games. Um, yeah, a couple points here. Uh, I'm not necessarily surprised because they struggled to run the ball all summer. And, you know, you, you could take it with a grain of salt during OTAs when, you know, everybody's in T-shirts and shorts. You take in a grain of salt when they first put the pads on because they're, they're still getting used to the physicality. But when you're two, three preseason games in and a month into training camp and they have to run the ball effectively, something told us, like, all right, this is a, this is a real issue. Uh, so that's, I'm, not, I'm not shocked that they haven't. Uh, and I'm not honestly – I'm not even surprised that they haven't tried harder. Uh, they're not necessarily built to run the ball. They have decent runners. They've got okay offensive linemen, but the strength of this team is in, like I said before, that short passing game. You have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. What are you doing trying to run the ball 25 times a game? I think McDaniel is smart enough to realize that uh, they want the threat of a run, obviously. I don't think they want to be the most pass-friendly, pass-happy team in the NFL. Um, it's why you went out and signed Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, who did look good. Uh, he looked like he had some bursts. He looked healthy finally. Uh, last week, I would expect him to start once again in Buffalo or mm. on Sunday against Buffalo. But I, I'm not shocked that they haven't run the ball effectively because it's something that they had struggled to do all offseason. Maybe it's because Raheem Mostert has been in and out of practice as he rehabs from that knee injury. Uh, maybe he is the best running back all along. We haven't gotten an extended look at him before Sunday. And, uh, again, he, he looks pretty healthy. But I'm, I'm not shocked. Uh, McDaniel's going to do – what he thinks the, is, is best for the team. And I know that sounds like Coach Speak Hall of Fame, but it, it's not. You do see you do see often in the NFL, coaches just try to hammer, hammer, hammer what they want to do, what they want an offense to look like at the detriment of the team as a whole. But, I mean, going back to even in Washington, uh, when he was on that staff with, with Kyle Shanahan and LaFleur and McVay, they drafted RG3. Not one of them had ever coached an RPO or any sort of option, read option offense before. They learned how over the course of that offseason, and then we saw what RG3 season was after that. That tells me from an early age, you know, from their formative years, as Daniel says it, they learned how to adapt that new rap pack in the NFL. So, uh, again, I think he's playing to, to Miami's strengths. I 
you know, would expect the run game to improve a little bit over the course of the season, but this is not going to be San Francisco. Mm, that's a great point. Marcel Louis-Jacques here on the Western Hotline. Marcel, I want to ask you, too, um, you know, in your preparation this week about this Bills offense, and, and again, I want to lean on your experience here being on the beat for as long as you were and, and, and really getting a familiarity with Brian Dable and, and, and sort of the things he was doing here in Buffalo. And the one thing that I'll say <clears throat> before I kick it to you to kind of get your feedback on this is – I have noticed there's not really fundamental changes in this offense, Marcel. It's not like we're seeing new route combinations. We're seeing, you know, um, you know, di- different ways to skin the cat here. I-, I-, I think really for me, the biggest difference I've noticed this year um, in Ken Dorsey's offense is just the personnel groupings. It's so hard for defenses to get a beat on what the Bills are doing because they're throwing out a 22 personnel now. They're using Reggie Gilliam in the pass game. They're using Quentin Morris in the passing game. Um, and-, and they haven't really gotten Dawson Knox off yet, which is, you know, I think a, a little bit surprising through two weeks. I would expect that to to start to evolve here as the, as the weeks come on but in your prep work this week what's the biggest thing maybe that you've seen that they're that they're maybe slightly tweaked or or looks a little different from the Brian Dable offense that Josh Allen's been running over the first couple of years of his career again I, I like you said I really don't think there are foundational differences in here um, I am I'm pretty impressed with how comfortable Ken Dorsey looks as a play caller already uh, I'm impressed with his ability to maximize everybody in this offense even when they're not at full strength you know to to have for Josh Allen to have the game he did and that offense look the way it did without Gabe Davis, I, I thought was major last week. It passed the major milestone. Uh, I love that, you know, every receiver kind of has to know how to play every position. It, again, it keeps defenses guessing, keeps them on their toes when you're able to move your chess pieces around like that. Uh, but really, man, and not to take anything away from them, but like if you're Ken Dorsey and you come into this offense, you come into, come into this position and you you see what this team has been able to do with Josh Allen at the helm over the past few years. Why, why would you try to change anything? Why would you try to, why would you try to change or move away from that? You have a superstar quarterback who essentially, if the ball is in his hands, the world is your oyster. Call whatever you want. This guy will make it happen. And then from his perspective, I've been, I've been impressed with Josh's growth as a passer and a decision maker in that he is, seems more willing to, to take his chip shots. He's more willing to take his, his, chunk, his chunk short games like we saw in week one uh, than he has in years past. And he's just looked so hyper-efficient and so accurate that, uh, you know, it, it, it's scary to think that he's able to move the ball like that even when he decides not to run. Just the threat of it is keeping, kept, yeah. I think, Tennessee's defense shaking. So uh, it, kudos to Ken Dorsey. Absolutely. Kudos to Ken Dorsey. Kudos to, to Joe Brady, who yeah. I don't know if outside of Buffalo people talk about enough. Like This was football's wunderkind like three years ago, and he is a QB coach for the Bills right now. So I, I don't know how many people are talking about that outside of Western New York, but every time I see him on the sideline, I'm like, oh, wow, that's right. I almost forgot. So, uh, but, you know, kudos to everything they've been able to do. But the 17's on the field, man you don't really have to do much up in the booth. So listen, this is a Miami Dolphins defense, Marcel, that we know wants the blitz. It's just in their DNA. Um, 
knowing that the success that Josh Allen has had against this defense in this scheme and knowing the success overall Josh Allen has when teams want to blitz him and knowing that Xavier Howard, if he plays, is not going to be 100% in this game and knowing that right now Stephon Diggs and everybody rightfully talking about Waddle and, and Hill and their performances through two weeks and the numbers they – Man, Diggs is right next to them, and all really all those major categories: yards, receptions, targets, touchdowns. Um, are they going to do? How about this? I, I guess here's how I'll phrase the question: Should they want to change what they feel they do the best, who their identity is, just because of the success that Josh Allen has, or or do you believe that this is an organization right now under Mike McDaniel that says we know what the numbers say, but we also know who we are, and we're not going to change who we are? at least fundamentally, just because of this matchup? You know, there's, it's a good question because there's a, there's a fine line there, right, between saying, uh, you know, this is who we are versus this is what our heads say. Like, this is what we think is probably the smart thing to do. Because uh, you don't really want to change who you are philosophically just for one player. It, it almost, you know, it, I, I can hear the argument either way for whether it's a song it's a sign of strength or if it's a sign of weakness or sign that you're scared of, of an opponent. But uh, I, I think it's just hard to blitz Josh Allen, man. I think it's hard to blitz Josh Allen. Uh, I think they just got to stick to playing assignment football here. But I, if I had been, if I had the answer on how to stop Josh Allen, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> no, we right would, now, my man. I'd be on the game <laughs> sideline somewhere. <laughs> I love getting that question. This is like the third or fourth time this week. Someone's asked me how to stop Josh Allen. I'm like, you think I know? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of NFL coaches getting paid millions of dollars that are still trying to figure that exact thing out. Yeah, like he is a cyborg golden retriever with a cannon for an arm, man. Like he's hard to stop. I, I was talking to Jalen Phillips in the locker room this week. He said it's war playing against Josh Allen. Every play is a battle. I usually don't like referencing football to you know war. But that just kind of shows you the level of respect yeah. that opponents have for him, especially ones that see him more often than any other team, uh, you know, outside of the AFC East. So, I, man, I, I don't know. I like, but what I do know is, is the Dolphins are, they are blitzing fifth highest rate in the NFL, but uh, they have the fifth lowest sack rate in the NFL. Mm. Like they're not, they're not necessarily getting home. They are facing a pretty fast time to throw so I think offenses are kind of keying in on hey they're going to send pressure so let's get the ball out fast um, and that probably explains why the sack rate is low because their pass rush win rate is a little is slightly above average and you know I can live with a low sack rate as long as you're winning your pass rushes because as we've seen in Buffalo over the past couple of years I think I had a lengthy discussion with this about you know Jerry Hughes and, and company like, if you're winning your rushes, the sacks will come eventually. Like, sacks are kind of a misleading stat. Agreed. Pressures are really more important. But sacks are, are a misleading, kind of overrated stat here. As long as you're winning your rushes and you're, you're forcing quarterbacks into quick decisions, I think I can live with the rest. Uh, so that is what remains to be seen. Uh, they did not necessarily put pressure on Lamar Jackson last week. Uh, he, you know, people, are forget, people almost forget – he did whatever he wanted for three quarters. That's right. Uh, whatever he wanted for three quarters. And then I think he missed a couple throws there in the fourth for sure. And Miami's defense came up big on four downs. But uh, beyond that, I thought they, they had Matt Jones in hell in week one. So, you know, we'll see if they can split the difference here 
against Buffalo. The thing is, man, like the injury report uh, has been a pretty popular topic of conversation this week. They're not that injured on the offensive side of the ball. Correct me if right, I'm wrong. Right. So, like, it, it's, it's, it's got shootout potential here. It's got shootout potential here. But Miami's defense played Buffalo tough for at least a half of football uh, in each of last year's games. Uh, I, I, you can point out the final score all you want, mm-hmm. but I think what had happened is they played them tough. Somewhere around the third quarter realized we're getting zero offensive support, and that demoralizes you. Yep. It demoralizes 100%. you. 100%. When you got the, we got the Bills 3-3 at halftime, and your team is fumbling in the red zone, it, it's demoralizing. So uh, I'm not surprised to see the games end the way they did. Buffalo's the better team. Good teams finish. But, um, you know, there is a precedent for Miami playing Buffalo tough defensively. No doubt about it. Marcel, one last thing before I let you go. Uh, Greg Rousseau makes his homecoming this week, uh, coming back to Miami where he uh, played at the U. And Jalen Phillips, his teammate, they never actually played together on the field at the same time. What a shame for the, for the U that those two never actually ended up playing at the same time. Man, both of those guys are really coming into their own. Yeah, that is uh, scary. Those are physically imposing people. Rousseau obviously looks like the tree from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. looks like Groot. <laughs> There's a reason he's got the nickname. Jalen Phillips is also like if you haven't been close to Jalen Phillips, you haven't seen him up close. He's not small. He's not undersized either. This man is massive as well. Both talented pass rushers. Yeah, the, the, you really could have used them because uh, that's a program that has been they they have had good players, but has really struggled to to break into that we're back territory. You know, just like Texas. Although I think Texas is closer than Miami is at this point. But, uh, Miami's got lots of dough, though, bro. Miami's got money. They got boosters. Yeah, they also got Mario Cristobal, who's an excellent recruiter. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's they got a chance now. They got more of a chance than they've had in years past. But, yeah, then I'm, I'm excited to, from afar. I was excited from afar to see Greg Rousseau's uh, rookie season last year, you know, especially that uh, interception on oh, yeah. of, uh, Holmes, Mahomes yeah. there. Uh, I was, it, it was, you know, because I take a lot of pride in, in Gregor so being on the Buffalo Bills because I went on national That's TV a and fact. said that they would pick him. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> first, first one there. I had everybody shook, you know, talking Travis Etienne all summer as if that's what I really thought the Bills were going to do. Uh, if Don't act like you weren't there. clutching your pearls making that pick, though, knowing you wanted Etienne. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say this. I will say this. ETN was on their board. Oh, 100%. ETN was very high on their board. If Greg Rousseau wasn't there, I, I would be inclined to say Travis ETN, if he was on the board, would be a Buffalo Bill. It's a moot point because he went to Jacksonville earlier, but, you know, he was, he was very high on that list. I, I, that's really all I can say. He was very high on that list. I am not crazy. When I say things, I, I, I tend to know them. I'm not guessing. That's a fact, man. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the game Sunday. Looking forward to your trip back to Buffalo in a couple of months. And uh, I got some new spots lined up for us, so don't you worry. Looking forward to it, man. Enjoy the game tomorrow and uh, stay safe. And, uh, yeah, man, go Bills. I mean, I know you don't want to hear that, but go Bills. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not going to say that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good to talk to you, man. Uh, yeah, staying safe, man. That's uh, We got an actual hurricane coming. That's right. Next week, uh, I'm actually probably going to be out of town anyways. They're in, they're in Cincinnati for uh, Thursday night football. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is, you know, it's a little harrowing 
to think about, but I have not seen any sort of panic from people out here. And I was told you won't, you won't, by the way, until you see Floridians panic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Florida people, they they're built different. They don't like uh, like a snow, like a flurry, like a little snowstorm. Now that freaks people out, but you know, hurricanes. That's just that's another Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I I, I I should probably hit public today just in case. Yeah, you probably should get a bunch of water, get some, get some dry yeah. goods. That's right. All that and. uh yeah, but I guess I got really lucky over the past year. This is the first uh, hurricane threat. We had a tropical storm here in, I think, June or May. And I'm not going to lie, man. Like, that was scary. That was a lot. Yeah, because you're high Imagine, up. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I, not even high up. I had I had a friend in town, so he convinced me to come over to South Beach. He was, uh, you know, worked for an agency. He was with Jarvis Landry. So, yeah, come out with us. So I take an Uber out there. I'm going over the bridge as, like, I, I can't really tell the difference between bridge and ocean. And I was like, I just made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I have made an awful mistake. My my entire life I have lived <laughs> making decisions like, if this is the last decision I ever make, how would my mom react? Yeah, right. And she my would not have been happy about that. <laughs> bring the South Beach to go, do, to go hang out with Tanner and Jarvis that – as, uh, she might be she might be ashamed. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, either way, either way, hurricane storms, it, it's no joke. Well, uh, let, you know, keep, keep, keep Morty safe. You know, he's not going to be happy about the storm, I'm sure, the loud noises. Uh, but as always, man, seriously, appreciate you. Um, and stay safe, and we'll, uh, we'll chat soon, my friend. Absolutely, man. Take it easy. All right, man. That's Marcel Louis-Jacques there on the Western Hotline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.